guys, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Benz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Okay, so before we dive into the episode, I wanted to ask you something real quick. Are you launching something in 2020? Maybe like a course or a program or a coaching package? If you are, you gotta join our Ultimate Sales Page Roadmap. It will be a live masterclass that is happening February 18th, where we will be showing you how to craft an effortless sales page that converts for you on the reg. Are you interested? Visit mbmagency.com forward slash sales class. And don't forget to use our promo code, which is podcast for $75 off of your ticket. In today's episode, I interview my good friend, Camille Colley, who is a mastermind coach. She helps female entrepreneurs scale, transform, and create the business that they want through events and connecting with different people. And in addition to that, she also has a phenomenal sales experience. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs that I bring onto this podcast, they have a lot of experience in the digital space. But what I love about Camille is she has tons of experience about actually going and marketing and selling to people face to face. Like if you've ever wanted to go and do more sales for your business, like door to door business sales, things like that, you got to listen to this episode because Camille has the best sales advice. Now let's dive into the episode. Well, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I know we've talked about for like months about podcasting together. Yes, we have. Busy schedules, busy schedules. I know, I know. Um, so before we kind of dive into talking about masterminds and sales, I wanted for you to share your journey with entrepreneurship. How did you get started and kind of what business ventures are you doing now? Okay. Um, well, I went to school for my master's. You know, I did all the good stuff that I was supposed to do, the good kid stuff. And um, I was, got accepted to my doctorate. But during that time, I was personal training to make money to pay for school. And I honestly, I fell in love with it. I was getting my degree in exercise science. I got accepted into my doctorate of physical therapy. So that was kind of where it all started, like exercise, fitness. Um, I did all of that. I lived in that world for a little while. And so um, about a year in, I decided that I wanted to own my own business, but I knew that a corporate gym wasn't my place. Um, and I knew that I could do bigger and better things. And I wanted to go out and venture on my own. So I literally went out and started my own gym. I rented out a space. Um, I got everything set up and yeah, long story short, for the last four years, I did that. But in between, um, I had a lot of people that I brought under me, trainers, and I started coaching them on how to work with their consultations, bring people in, sales, and I realized that that, that was something that I felt very, very passionate about. So for the past year, year and a half, I've been working with gyms, I've been working with a lot of fitness studios, and now venturing out into like real estate and mortgage companies where I business consult. And I also um, get them to bring some of their business online, as well as I do masterminds as well. So um, and I bring a lot of those people, a lot of the coaches or a lot of the 
people that run businesses into my masterminds because they're so important. And yeah, that is like the long story short. So fitness industry into coaching and now a full-time coach. I sold my um, business uh, on September 15th of this year and went full-time into business coaching and bye-bye fitness industry. <laughs> yeah. So I have like a few questions because I know I've heard so much about, you know, your gym and how you ran it, but I'm, I like never knew the details and I'm just like so curious. So when you first rented out a gym, like for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like such a huge thing. Did you have to get like funding for that or how did like how did that I, all come about? I did. So there was obviously, luckily I rented a space, so I didn't actually own the space. So I didn't have to, you know, take out a huge loan to, to actually do that. But I did have to bring everything in. I did have to bring in the equipment. I did have to bring in, um, like I said, I rented the actual space. So there was a monthly fee and, um, yeah, I did take out a small loan and put some stuff on credit cards and yeah. kind of put myself in a little bit of a hole in the beginning. Um, but for me at the time and it not never will regret the moment that I did all of that. I don't know if it was the right way to do it at the time, but I knew that I needed to go for it and I needed to jump in and I live down the street from where I rented. So it was pretty easy to get back and forth and kind of make sure things were going right and make sure things were going well. And I was too scared to hire on someone to work underneath me at the time because it was all so new to me and I didn't trust anyone else to be there. So I was there, you know, five, four thirty in the morning till 10, 11 at night, some days, um, just making sure things were going right. In the beginning, I had trainers coming in and starting to train. I was training people when half the equipment was there. Wow. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning. I kind of had to figure out companies, um, that I trusted to bring in the right equipment that wasn't going to break on me immediately when people started using it. I couldn't go too cheap. I couldn't go. So there was a lot of logistics to figure out. Um, and did I hit a few bumps along the road? Oh, absolutely. Did I spend money on things that I wish I had known not to? Yes, absolutely. But um, yeah, that's how it kind of got started in the beginning. I really just, I just went for it. You know, I knew a lot of people in the industry. I knew people that had small gyms themselves. They, I did have some connections when it came to that, that they could give me some good information on which companies to trust, what kind of supplement companies to trust to bring in, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So. Dang, that's interesting. How long did it take for you to kind of start seeing um, like everything you invested until you start seeing like a return on your investment? Um, I actually, with our, my business, I think within the first six months, I did that's start amazing. to see a return. And yeah, it was really quick. I only think that that may have happened because I had a different type of niche when it came to my business. Our, my gym was not like a normal like if you think of private small gyms you think very small mine was probably as big as the 24-hour fitness that is mm -hmm. down the street from my gym or my old gym um and it also like it it only was personal training based so yeah. there was no membership fees which was is normal for most gyms people think okay they you know even when people would reach out to me even though they couldn't find it on the website they would say like what's the membership fee and there was no membership fees it was you got a trainer. It could be a boxing trainer, an agility trainer, a regular, you know, all the different types of trainers. I had different types of people, especially myself. You know, I have different certifications when it comes mm -hmm. to all of that. So um, I do yoga as well. So I did some yoga classes as well. Um, and you would get a trainer and then you had access to the gym. So um, only if you had a trainer in there. So my niche was a little bit different than all the, the gyms around. 
as well as my trainers were able to offer better pricing because they weren't paying, they were paying me rent, but they weren't paying a corporate price or having to pay to the corporate business. So gotcha. they got to kind of adjust their prices the way that it fit them. And they were able to cover their rent to me and cover their own expenses. So um, I think that brought in a different grouping. People were very interested in it. And um, I think that was super important that I did something a little bit different in the area. It might be not as different in places like LA or OC, but I live in more like suburban, smaller town. And for here, this was, that was different. That was completely mm -hmm. different than what it was in other places. You know, there was LA Fitness, 24 Hour Fitness, all the big gyms. There was yeah. nothing like what I had, or if they were small private gyms, they were small private gyms. You know, you walk in and you barely walk two feet and you're at the yeah, end of it. Yeah. Where that wasn't the case. And that's the reason I didn't end up owning my place at any point is because to actually own it would have taken out a large sum of money to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So where, and I guess why, why did you have kind of the switch of, okay, I'm going to leave the fitness industry and kind of go more into business consulting? Um, well, like I said, I started kind of business consulting my own trainers and I realized, you know, I had to start thinking about those five-year plans and mm -hmm. I had to start thinking about what was my next step. You know, I went, my gym was doing great. My trainers were doing great. I had a team underneath me. Everything was going awesome. But for me, I am an entrepreneur. So what was next? You know, what was next? And I knew I didn't want to own a gym. I knew how much of a hassle it was to even just rent that space and do mm -hmm. what it was. And even though I love the fitness industry and I've always stated this, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll always see me. I'm always talking about health, fitness, eating well, like it's still part of who I am. Um, but I knew that there was something bigger and I, and I loved working with my trainers to teach them. I was finding that I was loving teaching mm -hmm. and getting them to do their own work and build their own businesses rather than me keep building my own. So I felt that that was just where I was going and where I was heading. Um, and also during that process, I started speaking at other gyms that had kind of the similar niche that I did more personal training based gyms. And I started speaking and working with their trainers. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that just fell in line with me. I love speaking. I love public speaking. I know I'm a weirdo, <laughs> um, but I do love public speaking. So it's something that definitely stuck with me. And I knew that okay, what's next? What's next was following the business consulting and the speaking part of it. I kind of wanted to start working with people individually rather and, and, and reach a bigger span. If I was still running my gym, I wouldn't have been able, I won't be able to work with people that I work with now. You know, I wouldn't be able to go out and reach other studios and other places because my gym was, it took up a lot of my time. You know, there, mm -hmm. it, it was two full time businesses and that was, yeah. That wasn't possible. There's just it wasn't possible to do. And leaving it behind was real hard. And it wasn't and people think that it like started dropping. It's super successful now. Still it's going well. The new person is taken over and done really well. It's a successful gym. It's just that's as far as it goes for that gym, unless I planned on making it a franchise at some point, which took away from my whole point of it, which was my gym, you know. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it had it had to go <laughs> or I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now full time. That makes sense. And I guess we do go through different seasons in our lives where, you know, different things are like, I'm sure at that point, that was everything you wanted. And then as you grow and evolve as a person, you have new ideas and new interests and things like that. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so as you know, my podcast is called the Marketing Mindset Podcast because we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need the right marketing plan and the right mindset. So I was wondering whether in your 
business with your gym or your new business now, what mindset struggles have you had when you first started and how did you overcome it? Um, Oh, the first ones were obviously this, am I going to be able to pay off my investment? Like you asked, um, was that going to happen? And even though right now I might not have pulled out as big of a loan, I've invested in a lot of coaches and programs and things that have cost me a lot of money. And there's always that fear. Like, are people going to buy my product? Am I, am I good enough? Am I good enough as that other coach? You know, you start second guessing your own abilities, especially when you're new in, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a business and um it, luckily I have been around the block I guess you could say it did happen to me once and I did get my return back and I did you know succeed in it and I saw something that thrive in front of me and grow in front of me that I know that it's possible but I still have those moments you know I've we've talked you know I yeah. I have a, a online is a total different beast. <laughs> it is yeah. a total different beast than being in person. So, you know, I do have some struggles when it comes to online. I do second guess myself and when it, but I do always remember that I know that this is what I'm passionate about. I know that this is what I can see thrive. I see it growing in front of me. I see it happening. Even if it's little by little, I have to remember those little wins. Even if it's just one new DM, one new, you know, message, one new thing. I just have to remember that those are going to turn into potential clients. Those are going to turn into big wins at some point. And that I can't let, you know, sometimes those breaks of just complete silence and ghosting get me down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. And focus was a hard one for me because you know, I'm someone that wants to do it all. (laughs) I want to do it all. You know, I want to, I did it with my gym too. You know, I wanted to be on the Yelp pages. I wanted to be at the top of the ads. I wanted to be top of Google. I wanted to do, I wanted to do it all. And unfortunately I spent a lot of money in ads and stuff that I probably didn't need to. Again, a learning process that I'm glad I did because this time around I was a little more slow in the process of what I was going to do. But focus has always been a hard one. You know, I wanted, I want to do it all. I want to make it all happen. And that's sometimes not possible. Sometimes you just have to take it step by step, see what's working for you, and then go on to the next thing. So those are some things I definitely struggled with mindset wise and in the business in general. So yeah, I feel like a lot of people can relate to those points. And I love how you mentioned to celebrate those small wins, because I feel like that is so easy to overlook, but it's all part of the process. And it's all part of you growing your business. I think that's so great that you highlighted on that. Yeah, it's super important because, you know, it, it is hard. It is hard, especially like, like I said, for online, for me, I'm so used to the quick return. Someone walks in the gym, I sell them. I walk into a place, I sell them. But online, it can be like this process where I'm having a great conversation with someone and then they disappear on me. And I'm like, what happened? You know, I yeah. things were good. And, and, you know, like I said, we've talked about this before and I, but now if I do get that DM, I take it as someone is paying attention. Someone likes what I'm doing. Someone likes what I'm offering. So it's there. I yeah. just have to wait for the next one, you know, and I just got to keep pushing forward, you know? So those are little things that may not seem big now, but they are, they are, they are showing that you're something you're doing is right. What you're doing is right. And that it's going to work in the long run for you. Mm-hmm. So. So speaking of sales, so I told you this right before we chatted, but so everyone can hear. So I feel like on this podcast, I talk a lot about online selling and selling social selling because um, that's what I'm good at. I feel like a lot of people that I bring on, that's what they do, but we have not had a lot of people that talk about in-person selling. 
And I am so excited because I feel like to me, you're like an expert in that. (laughs) I do like it. (laughs) Um, And it's so easy to forget that aspect because you see if like, if you're an entrepreneur, most likely you follow other entrepreneurs and everyone's just selling on Instagram stories on Facebook and everyone thinks like, okay, that's what I have to do too. But online selling is hard. And I think both are important. And, um, I started more selling online and now I'm shifting to really focusing in person. And I know we've talked a lot about that and you've kind of coached me through some steps and things like that, but I know I'm not the only one who has these questions because to me, when I think about going door to door to businesses, walking in, that is terrifying. behind our computer. Yeah, it's terrifying. And I'm like, I have no idea what, you know, what to say. What are they going to think of me? I'm so scared of rejection. Um, But I feel like you're the like perfect person to talk about this. So walk me through how the heck do you sell a service in person when you walk in? Like walk me through the process. Do you just walk in? Do you contact them before? Do you bring something with you? Give me all the details. (laughs) Yeah, so all of the above that you just said. um, I do try to contact them usually before because they don't want to just walk in and, you know, I don't know what they're going to be doing during the middle of the Mm -hmm, day. mm -hmm. And I, you know, I do try to pick times. Like I do come in maybe right after lunchtime where people are still in a lull and they're just getting back into things. Um, I don't like to try to get them in the morning because they're just getting their day started. I don't want to go at lunchtime because they might not be there. So I try to go maybe like around two to three, but I do try contacting them. I do try contacting if it's a real estate company, the broker first, if it's a studio, the owner, manager first. Um, I do try um, in an email. And surprisingly, I think it's the same thing for me. Like when it comes to like DMing someone, it's this chance that no one's going to answer and you're just going to get a complete, like I said, ghost, or they're going to come back to you and say something like, Oh, Hey, yeah. How are you? You know, blah, blah. blah. So I actually get a lot of response via email. You know, it might not always be, yes, come on in, you know, but Mm -hmm. it might be, okay, I'm interested. They give me some kind of hint that there's some sort of interest. And I do explain exactly what I do. Um, I'm very like detailed in so, the email. I so say, what kind, yeah, tell me what do you say in those emails? <laughs> so for me, I work with a lot of locally based companies. So I do state that, you know, I am someone that is reaching out to them in regards to their company, whatever company it is. I state their company. I state the person's name. I'm very like you, you, you. I get to know them. Like when I, when I, before I reach out to a company, I do a lot of research. And I told you this before when I was kind of telling, coaching you about it is that I do a lot of research. I go to their Yelp pages. I go to their websites. I go to their like Instagrams. I go to, I go to everything. I go mm-hmm. in detail. I read through the reviews on their Yelp page to see what people are saying. I see what the response from the owner and the manager is. I go into detail. I don't just, Hey, here's my business. Come work with me. No, I talk to them as if I already know their business. I know the insides and outs of their business. So I introduce myself, obviously. This is what I am. I'm a two-time business owner, blah, 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 blah. Here I am. And then I also state that, yes, I am another company reaching out to help them. And I understand that this is probably something they see, but the difference between me and someone else is that I am a local-based person to Southern California, whatever. If they are in my city, then I say my city, Mm -hmm. you know. 
that I am, you know, the area, I know the area, I'm locally based, I'm very hands-on. So I'm not going to be just like one of these online companies that kind of disappears on you and you don't hear from them for a week and you don't really know what's going on. I'm down the street, I come in, I do, you know, I, I talk about being very hands-on and I think that makes a little bit of difference because when you're dealing with smaller companies, sometimes these big online situations are a little scary to them and to spend mm -hmm. a lot of money on someone that have no idea where they're located, who they are. And you know, if you're, if, if they can't get in touch with you or they don't know how to get you in that to them is scary. Like that's scary to these people because they don't know the online world. A lot of them don't. Um, I know a lot of the companies that I've reached out to, they have been around for a while. They've been around maybe 10, 15, 20 years and they need a revamp. They need a revive mm -hmm. of their business. It's not that their business is not, didn't do good at some point. It's now it's kind of in a lull because they haven't caught up with the times, And that's what I come and do. You know, I kind of give them that hands-on experience, but that's what I talk to them about. I tell them that this is what we're doing. And I, again, I use the words either revamp or evolve if they're a smaller, newer place. You know, I, I use certain wording too, which mm -hmm. is them know that I understand their business. I don't send the same, I send a basic template, but I edit for each business. Gotcha. I get into who you are, what your business needs. If I, you know, if I notice it's the marketing side of it, if I notice it's the social media side of it, if I notice that, I state that. I say, you know, I went over your social media platforms. I went over your marketing. I went over your website. And this is the reason I'm sending you this email. Mm -hmm. I'm sending you because I noticed these things, you know? So like if I have done a free trial or I've gone to one of these places, like I like to do, I kind of check out some of the studios that I reach out to. Um, like I told you, I've been doing free trials at a bunch of places just to kind of check the place out. You know, I'm not there to put them down or anything. I really just want to see what they need help with. And if I notice the people, the customer, the customer service is not great. That's something I'll state, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, you know, customer service and sales, you know, I went and I loved your studio, but no one really approached me, you know, and, and so this, again, this is the reason I'm sending you an email. So I really prove that I know the company and I'm not just sending out a base email because if you get an email that says, Hey, I need to help your company. I can help you build 5,000 followers, blah, 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 blah. What do you do? Delete. Delete. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know my company. You don't know me. You saw me on Instagram. You said, saw that I post, you want to help me. You want to sell me some followers, whatever the heck it is, or sell me mm -hmm. on marketing my fault. You know, like that kind of stuff is, what do we do with those DMs? We, we ignore them. What do we do with those messages? Same process when you email them. You want to make them know you know the company. You understand the company. You understand what they're struggling with so that they want, they know, they know what they're struggling with. They know that that might be the aspect of what they're struggling and why they're not getting people, or maybe they're not struggling. They're just trying to get bigger. And they know that if they don't do certain things, and you're pinpointing them, then they have more interest in meeting with you. So that for me, research. Don't just decide you're going to go into a walk into a place and be like, hey, I'm cute. You know, yeah. I know my shit. Let's do it. Yeah. So that's number one. I, I always reach out to them. If I don't get a response, then yes, I do go in. I do have a portfolio with me. Um, I usually just have it on my iPad where I can just slide through. Um, and then I do have some paper forms to give them. But again, paper is a little old school. So we're trying to show them that they need to revamp or revive or evolve. So, um, you know, I, I only bring a couple things like maybe just like the pricing sheet and a few mm. but everything else I do DocuSign. I have everything just on my iPad ready to go. And I do have like a little portfolio of the work I've done. Um, some of your stuff on there, if they want to do some marketing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and just different things that I've done throughout the city or with the city as well. I've done a lot of like events through my city so that I'm, again, I'm connecting with them on a local base saying, I know mm-hmm. my city, I know this area. I've done stuff with the Chamber of Commerce. I've done stuff at local like concerts. I've done stuff at, like things like that where I've promoted before. So I bring all of that with me. Gotcha. Um, show them that, you know, this is what it's going to be. So, and like I said, it's the same thing as being online. There's a chance that someone's going to say, no, we don't really need that or we're not going to meet with you or whatever. And it happens. I've walked into mm-hmm. places and that has happened. But surprisingly, I, you know, I send out about 10 emails a week and I get at least five to six responses. And That's I get amazing. Two, yeah, two <laughs> to three meetings for the next following week, you know. So, um, you know, the, 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 the answers are good. You know, I, I think because people really think, it's not some random person online. I'm going to yeah. meet this person. I get to meet this person and see if I like them. And that yeah. is way different than some random person messaging me where I really, anyone could be cute and nice online. Anyone could look good, but in person, you're really going to feel that person. You're really going to know, talk about authenticity, talk about realness. You're really going to see yeah. when you meet them. Yeah. So, and I love that you do your things. research <laughs> I love that you do your research on the emails and you really show them like, I know about you because I feel like they're like, oh, wow, she actually cares about us. Yeah. Um, So a question for you. So when you go in and you have your portfolio on your iPad, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you see people really be affected by? Like what are, what are the must haves on this presentation? Um, Like I said, I think, having so having an online like presence or knowing some stuff online is because that is the new age right that yeah. is what and I do go in saying that it is important I'm not I do believe online is important I've said this to you even though I love the in-person aspect of it online is where you're going to have a further reach yeah um so a lot of people are interested especially like I said these com- some of these companies have been around for a while you're going to deal with new companies you're going to deal with old companies but being online and having a presence online is new to most of them. And, and I work with a lot of fitness industry people and that's all about online presence, showing yourself as a fitness industry, showing your trainers, showing that that's all online, you know, all of that gets a lot of traction online. So a lot of my work online does catch their attention. Um, you know, my social media alone is something that kind of catches their attention. Um, you know, the things that I've done, videos that I've done, um, some of the stuff that I've done that catches their attention a lot. Um, so having that, your marketing stuff as well, because they don't, they know a lot of them do have people that work on their websites already, but they don't truly, if you ask them, well, what are they doing? You know, how, how are they making it better? How are they helping you monthly to keep your reach going? A lot of them don't really know. Um, Mm -hmm they don't understand or they don't understand the online side of it. So that is huge. Um, and for me, like I said, these are local based companies. So a lot of them do want to know who I'm working with, what kind of connections I do have. So I do put a lot of the connections I have, um, companies that I've worked with that are big companies that have some pull that can help them get out there, you know, and like a lot of them don't even realize they can do some of the stuff in the city that we have. So those are interesting to them, but online presence is big. So a lot of them don't get it. You know, if you're going to walk into a company and you really want to work with them and you do have practice online, like to them, what's alive. They don't know anything about it. No, really. I had a lady go, what's alive. And she wasn't that like, like, you know, she was like probably maybe 38, you know, not that much older than me, you know? And, um, 
she had no idea. She had no idea what lives were. She had no idea what IGTV was. She had, you know, she, she records some stuff and posts it about her studio, but had no idea what other functions you can use and all the things. So I usually put a lot of that. I put all my collaboration, all of this stuff. Like if I record podcasts with people, I put all that stuff in there. I put like the podcast that I've been on. I do all of that. So they understand that I can get the reach that I have is, multiversal mm -hmm. you know I can mm -hmm. go anywhere and do different things for them so that is a big one for a lot of companies especially if you're going to work with in-person companies because they don't do that stuff they wow. don't get it yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I've noticed so much because I and I know I've told you this before I'm not sure if I mentioned that on the podcast but coming from California where I feel like Southern California Orange County the online space was huge everyone was doing it and now coming to Georgia where about 40 minutes from Atlanta in the suburbs, you would think it, they'd be kind of up to date, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're not. Thing, right? <laughs> yeah, but they're not at all. And we started working with a few local companies near us and, and I've been chatting with other business owners, but I'm like shocked of how people don't know it. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to use the, the functionality of Facebook and Instagram. I've seen the same thing. And I guess it's so easy for us as online entrepreneurs because we're so immersed in this every single day. It's so easy to forget that there are people who don't know anything about this. Yeah. And it also, I've, I've told you that I have clients that are a lot of my clients actually are from like my my yoga studio or my vegan shop that I go to you know I go there two three times a week and they are instructors there that I work with that I coach they're you know, the owner of the vegan shop that I go to on a daily basis and get mm -hmm. my smoothie from became my client and that's just from one-on-one -on -one interaction that's just from them knowing me and then when they found out what i do they showed interest because they know me they know mm -hmm. me from just daily interaction and sometimes you can't get that online and that's mm -hmm. why i think it's important to have a good balance because mm -hmm. if your your reach out online is good then that's awesome too but you have to remember you have people down the street <laughs> that yeah. might be willing to work with you that you talk to on a daily basis i didn't try to sell any of them one of them just started following me on Instagram and she started telling the instructors like, Hey, see what Camille does. Like she helps us go like have our own one-on-one -on -one yoga, you know, private training and blah, blah, blah. She can teach us that stuff. And they all started working with me because of that, just because they like me in person. I just go to yoga. <laughs> like I didn't yeah, expect yeah. any of that. And they all just started asking me questions. So I think, yeah, we have to, we have to, for me having that balance, um, and I just can't hide behind a computer. I just, I, I have to get out there. It's something for me that I just need to get out there. I have to go out and like meet people and talk to people, even if they don't want to talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just so important. But yeah, having, I really think that if there is someone like a company or a place or something that you want to work with, I even encourage my clients, some of my clients to go. I have a client that's a Reiki master and she goes and now she reached out to a local like herbal company like and she now goes every Monday and does work with them like she gets oh, cool. to set up her little booth and do all that stuff and she gets they, they allow her to do free little sessions on people to get clients and that's just little things to build her business in her community you know she like she now does a lot she has built her business in her community tenfold compared to what she was just because she went and reached out to a local company 
that's willing to let her set up her booth and do her thing. So yeah, you can't forget those in-person things. Like, yeah. I'm huge on that. <laughs> I love that. It's such a great reminder. So going back to going in person. So, okay. So you send the email and that's an amazing response rate. Like 10, sending out 10, getting five to six. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so obviously if someone responds to you and they're like, yes, let's meet, you'll get a meeting. But those people that don't respond to you and then you walk in. So like, walk me through. What's the first thing you say? <laughs> how do you, how do you show them your presentation? Um, uh, usually, obviously I ask for whoever I had reached out to, let's just say it's Cindy, Cindy, you know, um, I'm looking for Cindy and if Cindy's there, I'll just talk to, I'll like, if they uh, like, usually, like I said, these are smaller offices. These are not huge office buildings, you know, so they're an office in a building or something. So mm-hmm. usually Cindy's in a room who's usually mm-hmm. hearing what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot of times they'll call her and she'll come out and I'll just say like, hey, you know, my name's Camille. I emailed you on Wednesday, um, you know, and I'd love to talk to you in person. I don't know if you got my email, blah, blah. And a lot of times they've gotten it, you know. Um, and uh, again, sometimes it'll it'll be that, I yeah, you know, I don't know if it's really something I'm looking for right now or I don't think it's something we, and I was like, well, do you mind me sitting down and we just talk about this? Like we just... We just see if it is something that works out for you. If not, I totally understand, you know, being very understanding to the situation I'm coming in on, you know, after you just ate lunch, you're probably tired and want to go home already. But anyways, um, you know, and I just, I just literally just talk to them. Like, you know, I, as you saw in the email, I really, 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 and I just start going into like how much I care. And I really do, obviously, again, these are my local companies. This is my city. You know, I really do care. Like, especially if they're, you know, in my city, like I really do care that they're not, you know, I see some of the gyms that I maybe went to when I was younger, um, some places that are really just going downhill, Yelp, you know, Yelp reviews of two and a half stars when they're, you know, and they're, they're empty now. And I'm like, so, you know, like we can change this, you know, like I know we can, and let me just show you, let me just show you what I have. If you have no interest, I will walk away. I won't bother you again. I promise you, you know, like, but just let me show you what I have. And like I said, a lot of times people you're in front of them. So Mm -hmm. they do feel a little obligated and they might go into it kind of rolling their eyes. All right. Yeah. I have 10 minutes, you know? Okay. I have 10 minutes, an hour and a half later, Mm. you know, you've shown them you, they know, again, they know the faults in their business. And I don't, if I see, if I do my research and I see that this company is raging online, raging in their business has 140 five-star reviews. I'm not reaching out to them. Let's just be honest. Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed, you know, don't fix what's not broken, you know, like Mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm. working, whatever they're doing is working. But so I, I pick my people based on, again, that research part is so important because they know, they know Mm -hmm. something isn't working anymore. Something is not going, they know, especially if they've owned the business for 10 years themselves. I, the last person I met with has owned her business for 12 years. She hasn't changed anything. She hasn't changed the website. She hasn't changed her Instagram. They haven't done it. They have an Instagram. I don't even know if they post on it. It's, <laughs> it's just, they don't do anything new. Um, and she knows it's, it's, it's struggling. The, the other company, the other Century 21 in the city has an amazing Instagram where they're thriving. All their agents are like having amazing Instagrams where they're thriving. They have an amazing website. You know, they have their own website. They're not going through Century 21. Like you, 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 that I bring that proof too. like, let's see what the other company is doing mm. and why they have five stars and why you don't, but why you can't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like why yeah. you, there's, it's not that much of a difference. If you start doing what they're doing, you're going to have those five-star reviews again. You're going to be up in the game, you know, like 
and and that that's where I just show them. And there is a lot of companies, you know, there's always, a, if there's a Pilates studio, there's another studio somewhere really close. If there's, mm-hmm. you know, and they're probably doing well. And if they're not, I'm reaching out to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're my new customer. But I really, like I said, that research part is so important when you're coming in because I don't have a fear that I don't know what I can do to help them. I don't come in saying like, I'm just going to help you. And because I know what the crap I'm doing, but I am going to help you do this, this, and this, which You're is very whatever specific. struggle they have. Yeah. So, and I say that, I say that when they, I say, okay, give me 10 minutes. Um, we're going to go over these three things. And it's the three things that I know that I saw that needs to be fixed, you know, that, and I don't pinpoint them and make them feel critical or anything. I don't say, oh yeah, your sales are horrible. And your your you, Yelp is two and a half stars. That's really bad. We have to fix that. I just say, you know, <laughs> the marketing part here, the, you know, I don't, I don't ever put them down. Yeah. I don't ever like pinpoint them and make them feel critical. And they are business people too. You don't, you don't want anyone ever doing that to your business. Don't do that to them. Just tell yeah. them what you're going to fix. Give them a result. Just like anything online, give them the result. Tell them we're going to have you at five-star reviews. We're going to have you online with, you know, thousands of people looking at the listings that you guys have, you know, like it's not, Oh, you only have 400 followers. That's real lame. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so really show them the results. And that's what I do. I say that right there and then right in front of them. Like, and again, their receptionist is sitting usually right there. Maybe a, you know, another instructor or, you know, an agent is sitting behind and they're kind of like, okay, let me give you the time in person. It really is kind of like on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of almost stuck with you, but it's a good thing, you know, because you know, you're there to help. So it's mm-hmm. not like you're mm-hmm. trying to. You know, are, this is such great so great i'm great. asking for the podcast but really kind of also asking for myself i know i know I'm, i've been struggling with doing the in-person thing <laughs> i know i know it's hard it's hard for some people i get it it's you know i'm just used to it that's how i had to sell for my training business it was yeah. all in person it's not yeah i couldn't not learn how to do it well I have yeah, to learn how yeah, to do it well yeah. or my business originally would have failed. That's that makes the sense. honest truth. Like it was something that had to get learned in my business. Like, yeah. and I liked it. I did end up really liking it, but yes, I would have failed in fitness industry if, especially personal training, one-on-one personal training, mm-hmm. if I didn't learn how to do consult and sales in person really well. So that's just, you know. Yeah. That's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to take a little pivot. So If you don't know Camille, she's, I feel like, the queen of masterminds. I met her through a mastermind. She's connected so many women together. The girls that I've been, that I was connected with at Pace to Be Brave was because of Camille. (laughs) Because you have such a great skill set, I don't know, to like just bring women together. And I know you just launched your own masterminds. So tell me a little bit about that. And then I also wanted to touch on why are, what are the key factors that make mastermind groups so beneficial to entrepreneurs? Okay. So starting my masterminds were the best thing I ever did. And and I'll tell you why I started paid masterminds. I know that a lot of people are in masterminds and I'm in unpaid masterminds too. But the reason I started my paid masterminds is because I joined a paid mastermind with a more elite group of people as they call themselves. I wouldn't call them the elite elite, but you know, people that have had businesses and, you know, have a lot of information. And honestly, that is masterminds are what led me to be able to focus on what I needed in my business, as well as have the accountability from people to stop, to get me to stop going from 
you know, over here, A to E to B to C, you know, jumping all over the place. Um, they really helped me focus. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, that was huge. That was, it, it was a breakthrough for me. And the moment I realized that that's what you would get out of a mastermind, you could truly have a breakthrough and you could really truly have people that are going to keep you on that path. Um, that's when I decided to start masterminds myself. Um, and I started, like I said, I started with unpaid ones. I, I love meeting new people. I love the insight that we share with each other. Um, but paid masterminds, as I've spoken to you about leads to more accountability, leads to more structure. Um, we are, you know, you're paying. So people are not going to miss. They're going to mm -hmm. come to every session. Um, you can choose specific topics that certain people are going to be able to talk about. So all of that is really important in a mastermind, but I started them because I love them. I love the connection process. I love, I love helping people, but you have five other people, eight other people in there that love helping people too. So yeah. it's literally like support on support on support. <laughs> like that's literally what it is. It's amazing. It's so, I can't even like, I can't even explain like, the community that you build when it comes to masterminds. And if you listen to any top coach out there, Chris Harder, Lori Harder, any of those big coaches out there, they're all part of masterminds and they're mm -hmm. all paid a part of, they run paid masterminds and they're all part of masterminds. Mm -hmm. um, they need it. Everyone needs it. And we all need someone to sometimes just push us or tell us where we're going wrong or keep us accountable. And that's what it is. It really is a community that is going to keep you accountable that's going to keep you going as well as give you insights to things that you may not know or may not be your strong suit in your business you know i have stated that i have people in marketing like that's how we met i am uh, i am so bad at marketing and maria is the freaking genius of marketing <laughs> in here you know so that's the type of people you meet you meet people that i've met you know people that are just baller at ig again not something that I'm in love with. I do. And I know is important, but social media is not something that I love to teach and they teach me, you know, mm -hmm. so you're having people of all different facets of life and businesses and some that have been there past where you've been to help you in the parts that you're not very good at. We all have a zone of genius. We're all real good at one thing and we might be able to learn some other parts and be decent at other things, but we're, you know, we're, we're not good at everything unless, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know, unless you're some amazing person. I know I'm not very good at a lot of things. And that's what's the amazing part about a mastermind is. So, um, I know you said, what, what do you get? Um, and like I said, breakthroughs, breakthroughs all the time. Honestly, you sit a lot of times in my masterminds, I bring in a specific topic. Um, sometimes it's a topic that one person knows a lot about, or two people know a lot about, and the others know nothing about, um, or some know a little bit about it across the board. But there's always this moment of aha, mm -hmm. like, you, you know, some work, you know, and I bring people in to talk. So if, if it's about marketing, I would bring Maria in to talk about it because she's someone that can give you more insight than I can when I, when I'm running my masterminds, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I bring people in that are better at certain aspects that I'm not, I can't give you as good information. And then there's always every time like oh my god what was i thinking or oh my wow. god i need to be doing that or oh yeah. my god holy shit yes <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like there's always that aha moment there's yeah. always, I, I have yeah. not had a call yet where there's not that aha moment because there's something that someone learns out of each one you know and and i learn out of each one i'm running them and i'm still, yeah like, i'm still writing down like oh yeah i'm writing notes for the, <laughs> you know to put in our google docs but i'm literally <laughs> sitting there like okay i gotta start doing that you know? <laughs> um so i bring people in you know a 
we have different, I, I usually like to get the idea from everyone. I ask them what they feel they're struggling most with or what they feel they need to work on. If it's email marketing, if it's, you know, LinkedIn, if it's whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and they tell me and then I try to find a connect with someone. And like I said, I've connected with so many people through yeah. groups that I have made, um, through different coaches and stuff like that. And um, so yeah, that's like, honestly, it's, there's always an aha moment. There's always mm -hmm. something you're going to learn no matter what I promise you on a call, you will learn something if you're in the right mastermind though. Yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> and I know we talked about that where, how do you choose the right mastermind? How do you know it's good for you? Because as Marie and I have been on masterminds together, they're always amazing. We always love all the girls. We always love, but sometimes, you know, there's certain people that are running it. And then there's certain people just listening and being a part of it and they're, everyone's real cool and it's fun, but sometimes you're not, there's always those people that really are the, the, they're not getting the information yeah, they yeah, because yeah. they might be a little bit of ahead of the game compared to the other people. So if you have too many of one type of group and too many of another, then sometimes one group is getting more out of it than the other. So mm -hmm. I do really believe in finding a mastermind that, that's why if it's paid for, it's usually in a certain grouping demographic that you're going mm -hmm. into. Maybe it's based on your financial situation, how much you make, or what type of business you're in, or what you're looking for out of a mastermind. Um, and they are kind of hard to find. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I have, this is the reason that I started mine is that I realized that a lot of people, they've heard of them. They might be a part of free ones, but they didn't even know a lot of people are part of these big ones that, mm. you know, you have to make $500,000 a year, Chris Harder. <laughs> I know. I listen to their podcast every, every podcast intro when I'm like, when I reach 500 K, I'm like, I'm going to join it. <laughs> I'm, gonna join that I'm, I'm all about it. I told you like my goal is to have one of those elite masterminds. Yes. That would be amazing. But yeah, like it might be a certain demographic. It might be a certain type of people. Some people like to be in just masterminds with like, if I'm in the fitness industry, I want to be with just fitness industry people. Um, I like to kind of mix and match the type of people in my group because again, when we all come from different types of backgrounds, it really helps with the skill set for each person. Because mm -hmm. if I have, like I said, my in-person sales, but someone like you is way better at the online sales what do we help each other with? We are great at yeah, yeah. back and forth with each other. So yeah. same thing, you know, if we have someone that's amazing at doing like retreats and workshops and they're all into speaking, I have, you know, those speaking groups that have, you know, someone that does global retreats to someone that does local retreats to someone that does workshops. And I put mm -hmm. those people together because they all have done it, but they all have done different aspects of it and that they can help each other. And if they, it, it bounces off of each other. It's so amazing. So I really think that finding the perfect group is good, but it is hard. I have noticed that, you know, unless you listen to certain podcasts or you um, go onto certain coaching pages, but there are places that you can like, like Facebook pages that have masterminds have Facebook pages. So um, sometimes you can just kind of search for them, but unfortunately they are difficult. I, I realized that when I started doing some research for mine, I was like, mm. why can't I find like everyone's doing free masterminds and they all talk to each other, but no one's promoting being a yeah, mastermind. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you just joined mine and that's all you have to do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'll include the links. Uh, yeah. We'll get all that. But, um, yeah, they're amazing. You'll have an aha moment. I promise you, you will have a breakthrough. You might even have some kind of epitome and change your entire view of what you're going to do. Me. <laughs> I, did that. I literally like sat down one day after a call and I was like, 
I don't even think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm oh, no. <laughs> to a total different direction, you know? So yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. It's pretty amazing. And you build a community, people that you can reach out to, which is awesome. You know, like mm-hmm. me and Maria do stuff all the time, you know, this, know. for instance, you know, just yes. meet each other through different outlets. So yeah, <laughs> it's been fun. And just to quickly touch on that, I feel like masterminds are so good because as entrepreneurs, we have, it could be a lonely lifestyle because typically if you're an entrepreneur, you might not have a lot of people around you that are kind of doing the same thing. So for me, it's been so beneficial to connect with like-minded people and just like you said, bounce ideas off of each other and things like that. But to end the podcast, so tell us what is next for you for 2020? What are you focusing on? So crazily, I'm actually really focusing on retreats and workshops, as I just stated. Um, I am, and my big goal is to have a large speaking event. Um, I, like I said, I love, I know I love speaking, but mainly right now, like smaller retreats, smaller workshops, um, mainly in Southern California. I am thinking of doing a retreat in Sedona, Arizona. I've been working with some people to get that set up. So my 2020 goals are getting out there and getting communities together, getting those mastermind groups in person, pretty much Uh, and um, really working one-on-one with those people and getting, you know, getting those groups together. So when they get separated again across the country or wherever they are, you know, they can connect with each other and become hopefully a mastermind. Like we, we all do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's my big goal for 2020. Those are the things I'm working on, but my mastermind group, I will have a new one starting in January as well. So, um, and I'll be taking on three new groups. So that's another thing that I will continue to do no matter what. Um, but yeah, the workshops and retreats are the, the cool. big ones, so stay tuned. <laughs> That's exciting. And where can people find you online? Okay. Well, I do have my website, and then I also have my Instagram, obviously. And it's my name. It's K-A-M-I-L-L-E-C-A-W-L-E-Y, either .com or at Camille College. So, <laughs> either way, easy. Um, it's my name. I know my name's not easy to spell, though. Uh, so make sure you put my name down below. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put the link. I'll put yeah, the link. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so either way, those are great ways. And then, obviously, my, you can contact me through their email or... Uh, DM whatever you guys want to do and yeah awesome well thanks so much for joining me today I'm sure whoever's going to be listening will get a lot of amazing amazing information yes thank you for having me if you've enjoyed this episode please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode But thanks again for joining me today and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.